0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelless Podcast. The podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. I'm Will. That's Blake. And man, it's Thursday, my guy, which which means two things now. We got Critical Role tonight, and we got more Legend of Vox Machina tonight. It's a glorious day. And Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A, bro.
1: Gotta get still, still on your routine for Thursdays?
0: <laughs> not like it's not like as cemented, but didn't uh, they like know
1: your name or something oh bro they know me for sure
0: they or
1: like when you're not there do they think like something's <laughs> happened <laughs> probably i don't know <laughs> can we check on this guy <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised i just um, remember when i've worked in restaurants and like someone who's like your regular like stops coming it just like feels it just feels like everything's falling apart yeah no for r-
0: yeah <laughs> i'm right there with you have you actually not to get too lost on this but i haven't been out Still, are the roads okay? Have you been out?
1: Yeah, they're okay. okay. I mean, all the schools are closed tomorrow. I yeah. hope you guys care about our details. We've we been some ice storms recently. So, yeah, it's been a bit wild. So, <laughs> I'm trapped at home with a toddler for a week now. <laughs> no. Save me. Uh, um, today she pooped on the floor. So, oh, I got that you know, going for me. That's nice. Yeah. Parenthood. Is, this um, T- is, it, is it TMI if I tell you I can't get the smell of poop out of my hands? Uh, no, because I, 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 I can't several times and for whatever reason it's still there if they ever make it smell
0: of smell of vision through the internet then maybe we'd have a problem but that's fine yeah i I don't mind it um but yeah so i don't know i don't know um (laughs) but i guess real quick before we dive in y'all apologies for getting this episode out so late blake and i have both been so busy uh recently especially with vox machina having dropped and we've been putting out all sorts of content so we apologize for being a little late on this, but uh we still made it, so that's what's important.
1: And uh yeah, it's um, mostly my fault. We were we were due to record it, I think yesterday, and then I had so much work going on that I told Will like I just I can't do it today. And so That's not true. He's
0: know. not mostly his fault. We both <laughs> it's just been hectic
1: recently. Yeah, but Yeah, a lot of content. I think once Legend of Ox Machina clears up, that'll be one big chunk that we're no longer worried about. even yeah. though we're loving it. But like editing the reaction videos, you know, your breakdowns, there's just a lot happening with those. So uh, which if you've been following those, thank you, guys. Um, Yeah, appreciate it. And Will's done an amazing job on those breakdowns. No, we
0: really appreciate it. Channel's been getting a lot of love. So if anybody new is checking out our podcast for the first time, we really appreciate it. Um, Real quick, we'll be doing a watch party tonight, uh, probably not long after this podcast gets uploaded on youtube so if you see this and you're watching vox machina come join us uh there'll be a link in the discord we'll be having it over there but
1: other than that you got anything else just excited to talk about one of my favorite hobbies Ooh. a little little critical role a little D. yeah baby
0: all right well yeah with that being said let's dive into the episode um but before we dive in you know we like to give a recap of each episode and if You happen to be watching this recap right now, it might be because you're on our separate video that we cut out and host separately just for your convenience if you want to catch up each week. So if you find yourself on just that recap video and you want to hear the full podcast of us discussing the episode, that will be linked down in the description box as well. And with that being said, let's get into this thing. So episode 46 of Campaign 3, Night at Ligament Manor. So we pick back up with Bell's Hells arriving at Nana Mori's, uh, which is called the Ligament Manor, and she's currently mixing them a cocktail. So Fern introduces everybody and Nana takes a, a special look at Ashton's head because she's really, like, amazed by it. And when she touches it, it kind of there's like this weird reaction. And Ashton's like, we need to talk more about this later. Um, Mori finishes mixing the drinks, gives everyone their drink, and it's kind of like this dark, cloudy liquid with like chunks of something in it. Uh, <laughs> and she calls it Moonlight Glycerin. Um, everyone drinks it and they come to realize that they have dark vision. And Matt lets them know that they have dark vision for the next eight hours. Um, the party then fills uh, Maury in on everything that's been happening. Uh, but not before actually this rabbit looking creature jumps up to greet Fern. And she introduces this creature as Peepers. Um, which is this creepy looking rabbit with like, it doesn't have actual eyes, but it has like eyes on its fur kind of anyway, Maury then asks, how was that, uh, that lens I made, uh, for you Fern that you went and gave to the nightmare King. And they're like, Oh yeah, that was great. Um, it was a success. And then, uh, Morgan's like, you know, did the nightmare King ask about me or anything? And she <laughs> kind of drops these vibes yeah. that they maybe had a interesting relationship. Um, <clears throat> But then they ask, "Hey, how much did Ira pay you for that looking glass? Like did he trade you a favor or anything?" And Morgan says, "Uh no, nothing. I actually owed him a favor." Um then they ask, "Okay, well, so what do you do exactly?" And uh what <laughs> she's do What do you do here? <laughs> she says that um you know, to fill her time, she's mostly an observer. She's not the master of fates because that's the Matron of Ravens' job, but She has a keen eye for those who like to tangle the threads Uh of fate and that when no one else is looking, maybe she dabbles here and there. Um, she says there are so many tangles right now because of the apogee solstice. And then they like, yeah, we wanted to ask you about that. What do you know about these three Malleus keys? And she's aware of them, but she's not of an engineering mind. That's more the nightmare King. So she doesn't know too much about them. Then she said, uh, Oh, I already mentioned this, but she asks if the Nightmare King said anything about her. Um, But then Fern asks, well, what do you know about Rudus? And Morgan doesn't really know much more than any normal person knows, just that it's, you know, the small red moon that's been kind of flaring up more than typical. Um, And they're like, okay, yeah, so do you know where the Malleus Key is that's here? And she's like, yeah, you know, just follow Rudus, because she's pretty sure that that thing is what's keeping it showing up in the Feywild. Um. Imogen then says, okay, uh, if we do do this and we are going back to the Prime Material Plane, are you able to help us like not get timey-wimied? Not time is a weird soup of the transportation. Can you assist with that? And she's like, well, I can try to help. I can't actually teleport you, but I do know a doorway that I can send you to. Um, so more chatting. Uh, Ladna and Chetney. Kind of bond with Morgan a little bit over their love for crafting. Ladna introduces Pate to her, um, and Chetney marvels at all of this like interesting furniture that's around. And she actually says that, yeah, like the tree made that, like it grew that for me as a gift. And Chetney, you know, really took a liking to that. Then the main head, which, if you recall, Morgan has these two faces the main one goes to sleep, and the stomach one comes out. And they ask for more information on the party, excuse me. Yeah, so (laughs) weird. Ask for more information on Fern when she was a child and like why she was given over to Morgan. And she says that, you know, it was to protect her from those that sought to do harm to her family. And they ask, was it a favor? And Morgan says, you know, I was just keeping an eye on Fern. Just like I had kept an eye on her mother. Um, I protect things that I fancy. So then Fern's like, okay, let me give everyone a tour. So she first starts with her room and it's, you know, it's very firm. There are like taxidermied creatures all over the place that she says Morgan can like animate to make them sing. When she's sad, there's curtains that are made of skin. And a lot of people are like, what? Um, There's a big window that looks outside, but it's got a cage around it. And she's like, that's both to keep things out and me in, I think. Um, Then she takes them to another room, which is Morgan's collection room. And Morgan is inside and you're like, she asked for permission, like, can I show everybody this room? And there's actually a group persuasion check that happens, but she agrees. Um, and inside are just, like, these shelves filled with hundreds of glass jars, wooden boxes, figurines, like, just faces of people, uh, fairies. And they're like, oh, my gosh, well, we have a gift for your collection. And they decide to give her the uh, bust that they had gotten from Gianna Hexum, and, uh, which, it, like, The bust, if you don't remember, is the one that like contorts to whoever's looking at it. So it tries to contort to Morgan and actually like cracks because it doesn't know how to like represent her. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I love it. And don't worry, I can fix it. No big deal. Um, (laughs) And they say, you know, what are some of the things you're most proud of in this room? And she goes and takes down this locked jewelry box. And she says inside is the heart of a lion guard. And she pulls out this key ring with hundreds of keys on it takes one and unlocks it and inside is this still beating heart and she says the lion guard were these guards that were assigned to guard the middle lands um here in the fae they are this group is uh they protect neutral places and the champion of the lion guard asked me to keep his heart as a favor and he lives as long as i keep this safe um they're like, i love that heck? little lore yeah, um, such a cool, so cool. little tidbit <clears throat> Ashton then jumps in as like, Hey, you know how you touched my head earlier? And that was like, weird. Could you mind checking me out again? Um, so she does and she, it has another reaction and she like, doesn't like it. She says, I don't know what this is. Like the magic feels new yet very, very old. Um, and Ashton says, well, you know, if you figure out anything else, like, let me know. Um, Fern then takes them to the garden, which is this beautiful garden that has all these shrubs that are like cut into the shape of people. And Fern says that she's the one that made these. Um, The party can hear like a slight thumping noise coming from them though. But before they can investigate further, a sun bear bursts around the corner and Fern introduces this bear as sweet pea. Um, They embrace and he's like, are you, you know, are you staying? And she's like, well, not forever. And they ask sweet pea, Hey, what's that thumping noise? And he says, I don't know, but when it starts getting louder, I'm supposed to water the plants. And they're like, okay. Um, Then Fern takes them to what's called the Vardo, uh, which is this kind of like small abode within the garden. And they go inside, and it's much larger inside than it appeared outside. And this is basically where they are going to be staying. There's like several beds in here. So. The party kind of regroups and kind of catches each other up on all the latest um, that they hadn't had a chance to yet. Imogen tells everybody what she learned from Professor Sumal and about the Rylora that she uh, learned about. She also explains uh, that in the study, what they would do with her mom was play like some of her favorite music or have some of her favorite things around her when she went to sleep in order to like make her more calm, in order to help her facilitate like this dream experiment they were doing so they're like maybe we could do this for you and they once again suggest like let's send laudna into the dream with you since she you know is so comforting to you and laudna also brings up and what about these flowers that you used to love like that grew where you grew up so orm starts like druid crafting the the flowers to try to emulate them um imogen and fern then tell everybody about the lewdness encounter a little bit more about it uh, Fern says that he's not rude born and could sense that he was jealous that they were. Uh, and then Imogen's like, but you know, what if he kind of had some good points about the gods? Like why are, you know, maybe they should be kind of taken down a peg. Right. Um, but they're like, but we certainly don't think it's a good idea to have lewdness be the one making all the decisions. And they're kind of like debating back and forth on the merits of like this. And Orum kind of says like, you know, these people killed, my, my husband and my father, like I am not feeling any types of two ways about this. Like I am still against them. Uh, And they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah." Good point. Um, (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. So then basically they get ready to go to sleep for the night and they are going to FCG rather is going to cast his dream link spell to send not only Imogen, but also himself and Laudna into the dream. And that's where we go to break for the first half.
1: Yeah. So coming back from the break, we get this awesome dream sequence of, Ladna, um, not Ladna. Um, Imogen stepping into her Ruidus esque dream with FCG and Ladna incorporated as these floating beads, floating spheres. Yeah. Like spears. Spears. yeah. Um, very cool. And there is this dark stretching forest in front of her, very similar to the Feywild. In fact, they talked about uh, prior to the dream. Will dreaming in the Feywild be different? And it seems like it is. Um, looking behind her to see, like, the door she stepped into, she sees the uh, moon of Rudus hanging above her, basically. Um, she decides, basically, to dig in further, and sure enough, finds herself uh, almost like passing through time and space into this red, ruddy landscape, almost like this deserty, barren place where she sees at first what she thinks is the city on Ruidus and then comes to realize it is a ruin. In fact, it's not just any ruin. It seems to be implied that it is uh, the ruin in Marquette where one of the Malia's Keys is being built. Uh, she comes across a woman with lavender hair who she identifies as her mother, Liliana. And as she calls out to her, Liana basically turns and sees her and is basically like, you shouldn't be here. Um, Imogen fails a wisdom saving throw and is immediately cast into this spiraling void where she will eventually wake up from. Um, And uh, Laudna as well has a similar occurrence uh, before deciding to sort of wake herself up, uh, which she successfully does. The party wakes up from the dream and they're kind of like, okay, um, that was a bit wild. Uh, one detail for Ladna, um, I think she actually rolled like a natural one on her check. Um, mm-hmm. and because of her natural one, Matt basically says, Hey, you get a full night rest, but you're going to have a point of exhaustion for the whole next day, which if they do something to my Ladna again, I'm going to riot. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway, they basically share what happened and Imogen's kind of like, I think, I think like I actually went there. Like, I think I actually like moved myself there and they have sort of this moment of realization of like, okay, if I could do that to my mother, does that mean they've been doing it to us? Like, have they been watching us this whole time? Have they been seeing what's been happening? They're not sure, um, but they're definitely pretty unsettled about what this could all mean. Uh, all that to say, they decide let's visit Mori one more time before we head out to um, the site of the Faye Wild Key. So they go see uh, Morgan. Morgan basically is like, "Hey, I have some cool stuff for you before you go on your adventure." Uh, the first thing that she gives to them is the I think it was called like the Harrowfell Veils or mm-hmm. um, something like that. Yeah. Um, basically, these are these items that. Um, can cause you to be invisible uh, up to three people. Um, so she hands that to them. Also hands them a, um, uh, or gives Fern an item called the Gloom Scale Breastplates, which according to Morgan, belonged to a princess. Um, and it looks both powerful and beautiful, which Fern quickly um, holds it up and is like, you know, I love it and spins around with it. Um, and then the last thing that happens is Imogen asks, hey, um, when we know you can help us get back without like the timey whiminess, Like, what's your advice? And Morgan's basically like, well, you're you're basically you're heading off to the Sablecast grounds. There is a gate. And when you go through that gate, just make sure you put this stuff on your your face and on your cheeks. Which Sam Regal misheard what Matt said, <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll say it here. Um, but basically is like, put this, this yellow gunk on your forehead and on your cheeks, uh, before you go through. Uh, and then from there is, is basically like, Hey, you know, um, good luck. And don't forget that the unseelie are extremely cruel. They're unrelenting. Um, just be very careful basically. So the party heads out. And on their way out, they run into Dr. Nesbitt, um, which I would envision as kind of like this gentleman bird person. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, immediately, um, Dr. Nesbitt and Fern have this nice reunion and Fern tells them, you know, this is what we're going to go do. And there's this great line from Dr. Nesbitt that's like, oh, it sounds like you're going to die. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to die for sure. Or something like that. Um, which is the second, uh, comment like that we've gotten on this, on this journey, by the way. Um, The other one coming from Planes Rider Wren. So anyway, um, they head basically into the forest on the way to the the Sablecast uh, grounds. They've also been giving advice to be mindful of the the trees and if needed to pay the Iron Tithe. Um, But eventually, as they're passing through on their way to the Sablecast grounds... Uh, they get themselves into an encounter where a band of centaurs working for the Unseelie Court on like a contract basis, they basically come across FCG and there's this great moment where um, almost like people patrolling the area and keeping it, keeping outsiders away. They had this moment with FCG where FCG says like, we come in peace or something like that. And there's like, we, oh, there's we? more of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is such a great, nice little one line. We, yeah. Um. Anyway, the party had terrible stealth checks, and so they immediately get into combat. Um, the centaurs, you know, again, we typically just go through um, combat very quickly, but the centaurs do do this um, cool moment of realizing that um, as they're talking to one another, they're like, "Well, we're not gonna be able to carry all of them back as our prisoner, so like, let's animate this massive tree." um, but, other than that, they basically blow up one of the centaurs uh, <laughs> as well as knocking out the rest of them. And they have this nice little moment of um, you can call it mercy or maybe the party is just too nice where they basically keep they let them keep their food on like the unconscious bodies. but they break all of their arrows except for one so that they'll <laughs> still, you know, have something to defend themselves. But all that to say, the party then uh, continues on towards the the malleus key. And that is where our episode ends.
0: Boom, so yeah, that's episode 46, campaign three, Night at Ligament Manor. Once again, if you're on that recap video and you wanna watch our full discussion, the link will be down in
1: the description box below. But uh, Blake, what'd you think, man? Great episode, man. We've been we've been spoiled. We're getting, every episode is like another chunky piece of ruinous, what's happening? Like with the overall story, like this is there's a lot happening every episode.
0: Yeah, and we're really like coming to a boiling point with the solstice coming up. Um, but yeah, I liked it too. Uh, I really liked, like, getting more of an insight into Morgan and this relationship with Fern. You know, if you've been watching our podcast, you know it's one of the main things we've been hoping to see for a long time now. Um,
1: it was nice too. Or, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead no no i was just, I was just say, you know we had like this detail about fern about her collecting things and it mm-hmm. was nice it was a nice detail that you know basically she got that from maury who yeah was like the ultimate collector um because you know she would steal and want to take things and it was like yeah like mother like daughter and yeah. i forgot to mention this in the recap but there was also that great dialogue with fern kind of kind of sad too of um Fern basically asks Morgan outright, like, were, are my parents really my parents? Which Morgan says yes. But Fern basically says, like, they don't feel like my parents. And kind of basically, without saying it, it's kind of like, you feel like my mom. Mm-hmm. And even says, you know, I want to retire here. Like, I want to come back here. Um, and I think even actually on that conversation, Fern mentions that they've spent, like, several hundred years together. Like, something like that.
0: I mean, at least... I mean... I mean I guess we don't know, but Fern I think Fern's has claimed she's 200 and something.
1: I want to say. She's 100 and I think she's 112. Okay. But there were there was like a comment of like hundreds of years together or yeah. something. Um but we also know that Fern is much larger than her parents and seems much older than her parents as well.
0: Right. Which uh, there obviously could be more another shoe to drop here, but that's presumably because her parents went to the prime material plane and the timey-wiminess of when you transfer from the Feywild right. to the plane. That's what kind of caused this long time dilation. Not right. that they then... From her parents' perspective,
1: they didn't realize that they were gone from her that long. Um, yeah, I think they thought it was like seven years or something. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: real interesting and I just... Uh, I mean, I think there's there's more... There's definitely more to unpack with Morgan. I think there's layers that we didn't really get to. But that being said, I feel pretty confident saying that she really does care about Fern. Like it seemed like, you know, like, cause there was always that wonder, like, was this a favor? Is she using Fern? And maybe she still does have some sort of ulterior motive in terms of, you know, why she decided to protect her or, or whatever. But it does seem like there is a genuine fondness there, which that was something I wasn't sure about. Um, which is just, it's just, it's just funny, I guess that Ashley made this like, you know, grotesque arch hag her, not, I guess it's not her mom, but you know what I mean? Like her, it's basically her, her parental figure. Um I like I we just use not
1: like the not beholder fight, not yeah. her, not mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. seems to like really care about her. And then also the fact that she lets presumably lets Fern now come and go as she pleases Um, it does seem like affection rather than, you know, something else. Yeah. And she basically
0: with open arms welcomed all of these strangers into her, her, her domain, if you will. Um, when there, there wasn't ever any like weird energy or like, yeah, or even, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Like, there was never any, like, test or, like, even where she tried to maybe, like, take advantage of any of them in, in any, like, sort of moment. Like, oh, you know, Ashton, I'll I'll take a look at you for a favor or any type of, like, clever double wordplay or anything. Because I was wondering if we would get some of that, because even if she does care about Fern, that doesn't mean she's not going to – she's going to care about the rest of them, right? Um, but there was none of that. she uh <laughs> Now, that being said, that's not to say she's, like, this paragon of – you know <laughs> justice cuz we got this garden which I wanted to take your part parts on this clearly those are people we basically yeah. find that out Yeah. Um, cuz i think and the team you- nailed it from the get go too mm-hmm. right which uh i think i forgot to mention this in the recap but there's some line where where morgan says like yeah I think it's like, you know, when I was watching you, Fern, like, some people did come. Like, mo- most of yes, them are smart enough not it. to come. But the ones that did, they now adorn my garden or something like right. that. Um, but why did Fern say that she made them? Is she just lying? Or is there... You think there's some, like, maybe Fern, like, does cut the hedges?
1: I think... Because she also says that... Um, oh, man. What's the sunbear's name? Um, uh, Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea. I think she even mentioned that like Sweet Pea even helped or something, which they asked Sweet Pea directly and Sweet Pea is like, Oh, I kind of just like look over the place. Um, yeah. It's tough. It's tough with Fern. Cause you never really know what she's being <laughs> honest about. Yeah. And so I, part of me wonders if that was like a, a Matt and Ashley moment of her being like, yeah, I, I made them. And Matt's being like, mm, no, you didn't. <laughs> or if she's just being, if there is like a more convoluted, like, you Know they're placed there, and then Ashley, in kind of like this twisted way, or Fern, in kind of this twisted way, um, like not trims them or something, kinda, yeah, yeah, like you know, qu- trends, trims them and shapes them. Or, I mean, obviously, she knows she'd have to know, right? I mean, I don't know,
0: <laughs> she's such an unreliable narrator, but uh, yeah, uh, and speaking of sweet pea, it was fun to finally. Meet a couple of these names she's dropped at various times. Starting all the way back in EXU, um when which I wanted to bring this up for another reason, so I guess we'll just plot put it right here. Um but in EXU, if you didn't see it, not Calamity, uh, but the original Exandria Unlimited, for those of you that are unfamiliar. Uh, there was this moment where they go to the gate, and I'm wondering if this gate is gonna be the same one they come back through. Presumably it is.
1: Do you
0: think so? I mean, this is a okay I'm kind of having a couple different conversations here but let's just keep going. I think so because slight spoilers for campaign 2 sort of, or excuse me campaign 1. Um I won't get too in in depth on them but there was a gate that was built to facilitate travel from the Feywild to the Prime Material plane. Um and th- I guess there's no reason why there couldn't be more than one built. Like it was just kind of never touched on. What was touched on was a gate that needed to be built. So if there's only one, then that has to be it. But maybe there's more, and maybe you know it's and it's thirty Tal-dore, years later, yeah. so there could just be more as well. Yeah, it's um, in Taldorian though, right? Well, it would be in both, right? You'd have to have like a door. One side is in Taldorian.
1: One side is in the Feywild. Oh, yeah, I know, but I mean, they would be coming out. Oh, right, 4A. right, right, right. Um, and then they'd be a little bit of ways from Marquette.
0: True, I didn't think about that. So maybe, maybe there is, maybe there, maybe it's there's one gate, but there's like different exit
1: points. If that makes sense, I yeah. don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It would be really wild for them to come back to that spot from Exu. Um, I will say it was cool. And for you guys who didn't watch EXU, there's this encounter where they have to fight. They fight dark Fern is basically the best way to, to characterize it. Mm-hmm. And, um, before, as they defeat dark Fern and before the door closes, the portal closes, they see the shadows of Fern's pets, um, uh, or what she were- at least thinks our right. pets. Um but yeah. yeah that's what I was that's what I was getting
0: to cuz we got them introduced even back then and I went and looked at the scene cuz I just wanted to see if there was any other like connective tissue that maybe would ring a bell or something. Um but she she specifically mentions uh sweet pea uh peepers and that's the bear and the rabbit but then Bumper or Bumpers yeah. is the other one which we didn't meet Bumpers in this episode. Right. right. Um so we still I think he's a crocodile so Maybe we'll still meet bumpers at some point while they're here, but I just thought that was fun that that, that payoff from, you know, not even in the
1: campaign yet, EXU just finally got paid off and we got to meet those characters. I don't uh, think this would happen, but it'd be wild if they came out of the gate and they, like, saw the crown keepers, like, leaving in the distance or something. <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy. I mean, you know. I mean
0: there's still so much to, to figure out there because... Uh, is that what was that dark fern like was it some weird time travel thing was it some sort of like illusory spell that they just made to look like a dark fern to you know who knows um but part of me wondered that breastplate that she got i was like oh is that gonna make her look dark (laughs) like dark fern but i don't think that's kind of where that's going but i am interested to see what that breastplate does um right i bet it's got some
1: cool properties i do also like matt um rewarding each party member with like their own moment of like not just leveling up but like uh, in terms of like their player power like leveling up in terms of possession so we, we've had, we've had Orem get the seedling sword um, or upgrade a sword into seedling now we have Fern getting the gloom scale breastplate mm-hmm. like these are just cool story moments where it just feels very RPG-esque um, yeah. so I'm just excited to kind of continue to see that happen
0: Yeah, me too. I was real excited because, you know, it's kind of like Fern's moment in a way. So it's cool that she got an upgrade.
1: We've also talked about the power discrepancy between basically the baddies and um, Bell's Hells and like how underpowered they are. But we've had some developments lately that have definitely, I still feel that to be true, but it definitely has bridged it just slightly. The two items I just mentioned and then Ashton mentioning... um, his very like super saiyan like movement of um his hyper rage, yeah. Like that was a cool detail as well. That was really uh, cool. And then Imogen also got her feet, um, her Brutus born feet that we right. talked about as well. Um, so everybody's getting they're all getting things that are pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. And uh, did Chetney get anything, or is
1: he when he got he- like his trial, or is it just like a? I don't think so. And I think he also like wanted Maury to look at like the bloody butchers. Yeah, they did take uh, a look apron. at that. Um, but I don't think so. Or, but knowing the party though, he possibly did. And it just hasn't, right. He just hasn't had a reason to use it yet. Yeah. Um, cause that's kind of the fun too. Like when Imogen did True. her rudest feet, um, I think it was, uh, Travis Willingham who was like, we're, we're talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, <laughs> What is this? So he could have something. Who knows? I bet he. I bet he does. Um,
0: but yeah. Okay. I. I kind of got lost on a tangent there, so I forgot where I started. But we basically, about
1: meeting the meeting the animals. Yeah. So.
0: There. Uh. And yeah, for those of you, I'm interested in the comments for any of you guys that think if that gate is the same gate, which I think it is, but I guess I just think that there could be more that have been created since then. Um. But. I'm real curious to see if 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 they come out in in Tal'Dorei now. Um if they even make it that far. <laughs> Maybe they get TPK'd in the Feywild.
1: There is some big TPK energy happening with and I mentioned in the recap Planes Rider Wren mentioning something basically like half joking about it. Now Dr. Nesbit, um I and I think I don't think it's like intentional um in the sense of like Matt like suddenly being like, hey, you guys are all heading to a TPK because it's it's not his style and also be a little right. heavy-handed. But a part of me though does wonder if there is sort of like a slight subtle, like this is dang- this is gonna be extremely dangerous. Extremely dangerous. So I think yeah. so. And and
0: this is something we've 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 talked about before, but it's gonna continue to be relevant until the solstice happens. But clearly this is above their pay grade in a lot of ways like this they have certain aspects of it that they are trying to deal with but on the whole like it would be a tpk if they like tried to you know face that head-on so i'm just so curious to see what happens here is like and again i don't want to just go into the territory that we've gone into numerous times but it doesn't seem like they will be able to stop this at least not fully and so I'm just so curious to see kind of like what the playing field looks like once this happens, like, and without getting into the, the, the meta drama with D and D and everything going on right now, is there going to be a clean sweep? Are we going to be, which you're really about this, huh? you know, and even, <laughs> even if it's not, even if it has nothing yeah. to do with that, just if that could still be what's happening, um, which then we're, we're talking deity level stuff here. So like, I mean, I think TPK is definitely on the table, but I agree with you that it's not, like... That's not, like, a railroaded thing or anything that's happening. Um, But it will be curious to see, like, what kinds of decisions they make. Like, I think that'll be on the table, which the circumstances of what exactly would depend on what they do. But I think, like, if they said, like, we're going to run up to Ludinus and try to stop him, like, that could lead to a TPK. So... I don't know. I know I'm just rambling now, but I'm just so I wanna know what's gonna happen with this solstice in this moment. And just what the campaign's gonna
1: look like after that. And we're not we're we're on for the next three weeks, right? Uh calendar. Oh actually Yeah, three weeks. Or today and then two more, right? And then they'll take the twenty third off. So So that'll take us this was episode forty seven, right? In the forty six? So we'll go right up to almost episode 50 and then we'll get a week off. 50 is just a nice round number. I just feel like something big. So I think it's like something really big is going to happen in the next four episodes. Maybe even the Apogee Solstice. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, it could feasibly, it should happen in the next four episodes, but you know, with like I mentioned before, it could be, yeah. (laughs) Um, Especially with the, the Feywild, weirdness interjected. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if we got it in the next four weeks. I hope
1: we we'll do. To, we'll, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. Uh, just because I'm so excited about, just like you, the implications of it. Like, what's going to happen? Uh, and I just want to see how the party deals with the power level of their the what they're coming up against. Uh, obviously, can't take on lewdness. We got a nice detail, by the way, on their description of lewdness, how... Originally, it seemed like he had just, you know, muddle brain, whatever he cast it on. Uh, I can't think of what the person's name is. The professor. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, but I think it was either uh, um, Imogen or um, Fern. One of them said something like he had like some kind of presence or like not power over us, but almost like he was radiating kind of like a not charm person, um, but just something like Kind of, you remember him Them saying something like that mm-hmm. that wasn't really quite clear? Yeah. Um, but I kind of just thought, like, I mean, that alone communicates like the power of discrepancy to me um, between him and the party. So, yeah,
0: 100%. And I thought it was interesting that we got the confirmation, I guess, is
1: fair to say, that he's not Ruidus born. Right. Cause Ashley Fern had had that insight check. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And also the added detail that, he was jealous of the born. Yeah. Which so. is interesting, by the way, because it reframes his motives a bit from maybe this person who was there during the Calamity who wants to destroy the gods, to... Not that, they, not that these things are mutually exclusive, by the way, but it also makes me wonder, they're collecting Ruidusborn... Does he have something nefarious planned for them as well? Like maybe he knows unlocking the key is sacrificing all these born? I don't know. Um, yeah, so. I mean, I
0: think there's a hundred percent something like that going on. Because why are they all being drawn to this to this place? To the presumably, I mean, we don't know this for sure, but you know, they're being drawn to this place north of Marquette. All these rootisborns are like flocking to Marquette. It's got to be for some reason, you know? So I feel like they are going, like they're going to be like the energy or something to fuel this unle-
1: unlocking of the prison, if you will. Um, Do you think? I want to go back to a comment you made uh, a couple episodes ago. Maybe it was the last episode. I can't remember. Two episodes ago. Um, no, it was the last episode. A comment you made about Lud- Ludinus' motives with Pradathos and we were mm-hmm. talking about like is he wanting just to free protothos and like let nature run its course and like yay the gods are dead but you made a comment that i thought was really interesting now in hindsight of is he trying to ascend like the matron of ravens did it's very thematic it, like it matches what we've seen in calamity as well with um vespin chloris trying something similar it seemed um is ludinus doing something similar now with prodot and sees that as like the ultimate step in power over even the rudest born. I mean, it definitely feels like there's more ego involved in this and like personal benefit than just like, I hate the gods and I want to see him wiped out.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't, I don't know. It. It is, it was interesting to find out he's not one though, not a rudest born. I mean, cause I could see like, He's the one, not necessarily that like discovered this, but he's obviously been researching it at the very least and found his answer of how to deal with these gods. And, oh, it's Ruidus is this prison and, oh, yeah, like I'm finding my way, I'm finding my way. And then he finds out that there are these Ruidus borns, which are like special chosen of it. I'm sure he would be like, well, I'm the one that's like the linchpin of this and I'm not one. Like, so I feel, you know like that's where it's coming from but it's a good point if they are being set up to be like a sacrifice then surely he wouldn't be jealous right yeah
1: so maybe it would be I, I do like how you position that though this person who's just so eager and then their moment of realizing that they're not Rued is born Um maybe we'll get that in like a one shot or something who knows
0: mm.
1: <laughs> but but yeah I, I mean
0: I'm so curious to just see how, where all these, these pieces land, but I, yeah, I don't know what to make. I, as far as him, like wanting to ascend to Pradathos, I still think that's like, you know, on the table, but it's definitely not my like guess as to what's happening. I don't think.
1: Well, I'm, you said it originally, so you're stuck with it now. <laughs> well, okay. That's fair. But if, but if it comes to be true, then I said it. So. All right. All right. That checks out. Yeah, Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, in the near term, we have this Malleus Key that they're heading towards. Mm -hmm. Um, I am surprised that they didn't go to the Shadowfell because that seemed like I I, I think this is just an example of Matt giving them a genuine choice, honestly. Um, And it just made sense to go the route of Mori. But I am curious what this, what, what I'm guessing is an encounter looming, what that could look like.
0: Yeah. Well, the Shadowfell is also just like a really dangerous place. So I'm not too surprised that they didn't go there. But what was the what was the word? Is it like that one's the least offended? Right. But probably because like just the Shadowfell itself is so crazy type of thing. Right. Um, Yeah, I, I'm curious to see, too. I wonder if I. I wonder if we'd see Erica again. I'm guessing probably not. Um, maybe we see, uh, what was her name? You, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe we see you, but like Matt's playing them. Um, and I don't think we even, it's not even necessary to see you again, but I wonder if like, are they, I mean, there's no way they're just going to waltz up in there and, and bonk the machine and and then take their exit. Like, so I'm interested to see kind of who they deal with, um, be that you or be that uh, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but there, whoever used boss was, which was like some titled person. Bad that dude. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember off the top right now. Um, but part of Morgan's advice was like, you know, depending on who you're dealing with, like act accordingly. And I don't, again, I'm just paraphrasing, but it was like, you know, sometimes it's better to dance than fight. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think it was all, like boost, boost their ego if they need like a gentle response or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm real curious just to see who they run into. I don't, I mean, I don't think lewdness is going to be there, but I guess he could be. Um, so I wonder if we'll find out any more about what the unseelie court's motivations are here. Like, are they just on the exact same page as lewdness? Like, let's get the gods out of here. Have they at all been misled? Do they have any type of other motives that they're doing this for? Um, these are just all the questions running through my head right now. Not really leading
1: anywhere with this. But. Yeah. And I, I don't know how deeply we'll get to indulge in it in the sense of like, it definitely feels like a partnership that lewdness has brokered. It is, it is very curious though. Like what, what did he offer that was in their interest? Mm-hmm. Um, we know that you wants the Moontide crown back. Um and Which, we pres- we presume it's to power the machine, but it seems like they're able to move ahead without it. Yeah, that's what I was gonna um, say. So that they get some other artifact, or was the moontime crown not related to the key in terms of like the unsealed court in the sense of like they want it for something else? Like did Ludinus like offer that like once the machine was done with it or something? And I, I and don't, I have no idea. I don't know, but there's definitely some questions about those relationships for sure
0: yeah and what's i mean what's even going to happen let's say they're successful like i don't know it's the fact that it's the thing holding it in the fey i thought was really interesting the uh yeah the device so uh, presumably it's in the shadow fell for the same reason right right ruidus yeah um i don't know uh I just don't. I don't see them stopping this on the whole. So does that mean they're not even going to be able to sabotage your machine, or maybe they can and it just affects the encounter, but not, but not it doesn't prevent it or something. I don't know. I see Matt
1: again. I think I mentioned this before, but like with the Mighty Nine reunion, like yes, it's successful, and here's how it affected this next encounter. Like here's mm-hmm. how that is different. I could see something like that happening, but I also going back to the implications of like, you're going to die. Like, I, I do wonder if they're a bit in over their head and there will be some realizing of like, we can't stop this. So like, what, are, what is like our version of like a small victory? Yeah. Uh, so, cause I, I'm assuming for this solstice to move forward. Well, for the, for Ludinus's plan to move forward, he needs all three keys. Um, so seems that way. I guess I just don't see them like, we destroyed it for good. Like we have, we averted Pradathos coming back. Like, <laughs> I
0: just don't see that happening. Yeah, so. me neither. And this is kind of another conversation altogether, but and we, we mentioned it back when we first learned about Pradathos, but let's say it is successful. Like, I wonder if any part of this also, because presumably part of whatever's happening here destroys that divine gate lattice around Ruinous, right. which then allows him to escape or whatever. I wonder if it would also be destroying the Divine Gate because it would be interesting because I mean, if he's going to kill the gods either the Divine Gate doesn't matter to him and he can pass through it and go kill them. Bro. But what if part of it is destroying the Divine Gate too? So he can't like if he can't get through the Divine Gate to get to them, then they're going to have to bring that down too, right?
1: So that'd be interesting implications of having Bro. <laughs> this is a crazy thought. Yeah, I mean, you're right. If they destroy the Divine Gate around Ruidus, he still needs the other one gone to get to the gods. So, Yeah, unless he can just pass through it for some reason. Yeah, I mean, we did have a conversation about the Calamity um in this episode. Could we be heading towards a Calamity 2.0? I mean, even if the Divine Gate doesn't
0: come down, it seems like, yes, just from Pradathos alone. So, I think so. It, this definitely feels like change the,
1: the shape of the Earth-level encounter. It could definitely set up, like, a, a campaign for... I know we're not anywhere close to it, but would be, like, amazing to, like, see a new campaign take place in a post-Calamity 2.0 world. Um, yeah, I mean especially like, I don't know how long there's a whole
0: nother conversation to talk about. Like how long does Matt want to still be the DM? How long will we get these same group of people? Like, are they going to go all the way to campaign 13, you know, or at some point. So with that aside, it seems like at some point you would want to do something just a little different just for your own sanity's sake, you know? So if you're opening up, you know, potential spell jammers, if they travel to Ruidus or whatever, like maybe there's a whole new, like an entire new, planet or entire new like universe within the multiverse that the critical Role multiverse, if you will. Um, Anyway, all that to say is I could easily see him like planting seeds to set that up for him in the future to like do something completely new. Um, Which another thing, speaking of like the spell jammers and stuff and the city on Ruidus, maybe, maybe the, the solstice happens and it's successful but like still they're on another they're far away in space so maybe like they still would need to go out there for some reason to try to like well he's free now but let's take this fight to his doorstep and stop him before he can come here or something maybe that's unnecessary but i just i think it would be cool to see spelljammers and to have them actually go to rudis which is there any reason for them to do that if he is freed and
1: yeah, like, It's like he's going to stay up there, right? I don't know. Yeah, and there's this weird, like, is Ruidus just, like, the physical representation of, like, his prison? Or, like, when he's freed, or they, or for Pradathos, yeah. um, does Ruidus, like, crack open? <laughs> like an egg? Right. He comes out of it? Or, yeah, I don't know. I Part of me even had this thought of, like, the keys being, like, tractor beams. Like, if they can keep Ruidus in the Feywild and the Shadowfell can it like break the divine gate around it and like pull it? Like, does that, is that how they open up Rutus by like crashing it into Exandria? And so Whoa, like that be crazy. is the calamity 2.0 events. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That would so, be nuts. But because it almost mm. feels like if there is a city there, it to me, it's like, they're going to go there at some point. Right. Or, right. It or maybe it's like... like the ultimate lore point of like, here's why there was a city there. But since there is one there, I just think they would have to go at some point.
0: Yeah, or there yeah, there needs to be some purpose to it, I would think. Which I don't know. Again, maybe maybe it was cuz presumably
1: Ruetis was at one point part of Exandria, like you know. Um right, I think there was like the commentary from someone they were talking to like maybe a continent that no longer exists.
0: Yeah, so maybe it's Maybe it was that city originally and now it's been, you know, twisted in some way. Or maybe it's a city that formed after the fact. I don't know. But like do the Rylora live there? I don't know. Are the Rylora consecuted weird souls in a way, like we've kind of talked about? I still have so many
1: questions. Um but yeah, I think it's I think it's yeah. I think it's that. Or like souls that were people that were killed whenever the imprisoning happened and like their souls linger or and you can reach out to them in these dreams or something. I'm I'm not quite sure, honestly. Yeah, me neither. What if all the Rylora are going to like
0: take over all these Rudisborns' bodies? Like in there will be their earthly vessels or
1: something. Yeah, I don't know. And these kind of things though make me wonder, like, okay, what would that mean for Imogen? And maybe um, uh, Fern as well. Yeah. We know Fern's not an exultant, but you know, what does it mean for her? So yeah, great points. wow uh, well, what else? What else from this episode that you want to talk about?
0: Um, so real quick, and this might not be worth like actually dissecting because it might just be like a a a, f- a thematic flair type of thing, but in the dream you know, often we've thought that she is going to Ruidus and it seems like that is the, the implication, but again, maybe it's just like, she's not literally going, maybe she is, I don't know, but that's kind of what we got. But then clearly they were at the, the dig site on Exandria. So do you think that like Ruidus is just like a placeholder for this like astral projection or do you think in some way she actually was on Ruidus, but she was just like having a vision while there of
1: Exandria. I think it's the former. I think we've been thinking maybe it's like Ruidus or something, but um, I think it's the former, because if you go back to her original dreams, it was always at her house, her home house. Um, So I do think it's some kind of like spiritual, astral projection kind of thing that's happening that she's just now kind of starting to realize Like I know Kung Fu. Yeah. Like (laughs) and I can do these things. So And how terrifying is it to then wonder has their whole plan have they been being spied on this whole time? So it seems like it, right? Because surely
0: Ottahan would have a much greater grasp on this power, which is just funny that they've been checking the orb so often, you know. One, I don't think she has that ring anyway, but two, it'd be funny if she's like had eyes on him the whole time.
1: Yeah, um, which is crazy. She's looking at the ring, and she's like, oh, and she's like holding the thing. Like, <laughs> Wait a I minute! Should, <laughs> I should get rid of this. Oh, um, so
0: but yeah, crazy know. that that like she mentioned that her mom wasn't even asleep, and she could still kind of like scry on her essentially. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm really interested to see how that how that develops if we see more use of that power, and I wonder if that. That aspect of what she was doing is the same way that we know they can communicate and join each other's dreams, like is that what Odahan was doing when she showed up in Imogen's dream in that one episode? you know
1: I think so that's kind of where i th- i think I think that's the connection being made is kind of where my mind went. It makes sense Uh-oh. Yeah. but yeah,
0: um other than that, I think n- not really much else I wanted to to make sure we touched on just, I mean, a lot of this episode is just us, you know, speculating on the, what if someone's going to happen with this solstice. So that's pretty much all I've got still. Um, oh, like I did. Oh, go okay. ahead. I was just, this is unrelated, but which uh, is one thing I thought was really cool is in that centaur fight. Um, when uh, they all like cast a spell at the same time, reminded me of a, like a chrono trigger, uh dual tech or, or full team tech. Did you play chrono trigger?
1: yeah 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 so. Yeah, very much was pretty cool um the thing that i was gonna say was i just loved i was just saying I, I matt did not disappoint for me um going to morgan's manor the ligament manor um, yeah all the flavor and creepiness and the collection room all of it was just very unsettling in just the best way so
0: yeah oh and we mentioned it during the recap but that um that heart in the box that was such yeah. cool lore. And I wonder if we might ever meet, if not that exact captain, like just meet the, the lion's guard. I want to say they were called.
1: It'll come up in one of your, uh, campaign four breakdowns. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> be like this was a nod to a character from campaign three, four years ago. <laughs> that would be cool. And, so. uh,
0: One other thing that I just remembered was the princess, the slain princess that the breastplate was from. Uh, Not that I think that's like integrally important or anything, but I'm really curious to like know more about the lore there.
1: Um, It did make me wonder if the item was cursed in some way. Um, Yeah. Because I could see Morgan in like a half-truth kind of way, like rewarding her, but then also leaving out like a keen detail, so.
0: Yeah, because she made it sound like she just found it like on the battlefield after the fact. and. Because I was originally thinking, like, you killed a princess, but...
1: Which she also said, like, I think... Or, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, maybe she did, but she claimed she she, didn't. She said something like, I think you're ready for this now. Which, if it's just like a... Like, why not give it to her earlier? Like, when she Mm -hmm. first left. So, yeah. That's a good point. I'm curious about it. Very curious. All right, well, you guys let us know what you thought about the episode down in the comments, including all your favorite... Uh, theories and thoughts, and don't forget, uh, we are getting this episode up pretty late, but there is a watch party tonight for Legend of Vox Machina, uh, episodes 7, 8, and 9. Um, we will absolutely be cracking the whip to Will to get those breakdowns up <laughs> as well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, anything else you want to share, Will?
0: Ah, no, I don't think so. Just uh, appreciate y'all hanging out with us, as always.
1: Maybe a little thumbnail action? Oh, yeah. Um... I don't know. I liked the either something related to like the collection room or um, the garden with like the petrified people or plant. What do they call them, top topology yeah. people or something or um, yeah. So maybe we just do like a weird pose or something like we're plants. Maybe or one what? of us is like kind of frozen, you know, terrified, and the person's like, like you know. <laughs> It's right. like very Edward Scissorhands, like very joyously, like clipping away or something. Okay. Which one do you want to be? Uh, well, you pick, since it's your idea. Uh, I'll be the clipper. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, you ready? Let me get here. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't really capture the clipping animation for us <laughs> still, but we got it. You know, the people that watched understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys. We so appreciate it. And we'll catch you later. Bye y'all.